0: And welcome to another Candid Conversation. Today, we're joined by Metz Kramer out of Canada again, and he's been doing a lot of work the last six to 24 months on a lot of different directions, and he's got something that I think you're all going to be interested in hearing about. So, Metz, the floor is yours, my friend. What is it that you have created, and why?
1: Well, um, you know, COVID brought in a lot of changes for a lot of people, and Um, For me, one of the things that happened was um, we had just really started uh, working with a a really small little uh, application for a couple of dealers. And when COVID happened, I I really couldn't get around and um, see new people. You know, as a consultant, that's kind of like death. Uh, No no one you could go see and talk to and, and figure out how to help them. And so I was approached by um, one of the dealers I was working with who uh, ran a rental dealership and um, was really gotten kind of frustrated by the the software they were using. You know, they had gone to one of the industry standard packages for a rental, applic- for a rental house um, and just found it really, really frustrating. Um, it, it was old. Um, the, the functionality was antiquated. It was very uh prescriptive of how they were to run the business uh, and then a lot of things just didn't work and and the provider couldn't come up with any answers that house to how and when they could fix these core problems uh, a lot of the financial functionality was also problematic for them and so they approached me because they'd seen uh, what little piece we'd done on the, the S- crm and advertising and website integration we'd help them build a website and they said, look, can you, can you replace our rental system? And I said, yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> and so we, we scoped it out and, uh, over a period of about six months, um, I talked to a couple of other dealers, uh, had someone else join in on the project and we started basically to build a new rental and dealer system. And, and there, and I've come to see that there's a big difference actually. In the industry, between those two systems, there's rental systems, and then there's dealership systems, and there aren't too many big dealer systems with uh, rental that the dealers are happy with. So, because they because there is such a difference. But one of the reasons, what things we did, one of the reasons we did it was that our platform was completely modern. Like our what we had built, the websites we built, um, we were building in React which is probably one of the lead programming languages at the moment. It's you know current generation, it's what uh, Facebook developed to build Facebook and Instagram and all of that. Um, and we were cloud-based uh, and properly cloud-based. Um, and so that allowed us to apply a lot of modern uh, methodologies to building the software. And what we found was um, that it was both a lot faster than we'd imagined, as we can created core components, and then we're able to reuse them, uh, and we're able to create interfaces that were a lot more intuitive. So that's kind of how we started, um, and we are now at the point where we have the majority um, of all the core pieces all done. Um, one of the the key things that we decided to do was to um, not build our own accounting software, so. Our philosophy was, you know, accounting is one of those things that there are lots of really good options in the market. And and more importantly, there are options in the market for accounting that the developers of that accounting software are still investing in. You know, they have developed uh, a modern code base um, and they continue to invest every year, expanding the functionality uh, and, and most importantly, expanding the integration, you know. Like, you, you know, for yourself, you I don't know what you run, but if you run something like QuickBooks online, there's 100 integrations. If you want to connect to your bank, it takes a minute and a half. And now all of your stuff, if you have payment providers, integrating that is a couple of clicks. And so we decided, you know, we should leverage the fact that that exists out there. And although, you know, many of those um, small or online accounting systems aren't robust enough to run a dealership, the accounting side of it is robust. You know, so we, we built it so that um, we take care of all of the industry specific, the operation specific software. And then we simply create all of the various accounting records um, at various levels in the accounting software. And we figured out that that actually gets us over a lot of the limitations of the accounting package. You know where you may have multiple branches, and the accounting software just simply can't handle that. If we take care of all of that, then it's suddenly not a problem. We can we can give enough information into accounting. So that's kind of our philosophy. We've integrated several uh, accounting packages already, and uh, are really excited to expand the number of dealers we're working with um, to provide them both like, an easy migration from. Um, their existing system or from many dealers, you know, who have really just been trying to run it off, off the shelf stuff, we can uh, do a really easy implementation. We just take what they're already running for accounting and we patch in all the functionality they need. Yeah. It's
0: rather an interesting approach. The most of the, and I'm going to call them legacy dealer management systems, DIS out of Bellingham, Washington, got purchased by Constellation in Canada. Uh, PFW out of Ontario got purchased by ADP and is now CDK. Um, CDK got financed by a banker. E-Emphasis, same thing, has uh, uh, investors, owners, and those are three of the packages that were specifically designed for this industry. Infor, Exap, Oracle, JD Edwards, SAP, all of the rest of them have these monolithic giants. And as my friend, Alex Schusler says, and, and I really think this has been true. We've, all we've done in the implementation of things for computers, has taken a piece of paper and put it on a screen, and he calls it paper to glass, and I think yep. it's really appropriate. So yes, we've taken people whose handwriting had to be pretty neat, and now they got to be typists. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, as, as you look at databases as they've evolved, as they've looked at programming languages and how they've evolved, React is is phenomenal. It's uh, it. it you know, I learned an assembler language back in the 60s, for goodness sake. You had to, you know, that. Had to identify and, and direct every damn piece of the computer around, and you had to stack programs because you didn't have enough space. So now you've got call programs, which make things a whole heck of a lot easier. I was also interested in, and I think it's very appropriate, there's a big difference between a rental business software package and an equipment dealer software package. Do you want to do you want to expand a little bit on that? Have you got two? packages
1: per se Uh, we don't have two packages we're fully modular so um, that was you know one of the other goals i had uh, was you know I, i when i entered the industry after the big dealers and started working with smaller dealers um i came to realize that not everyone needs everything and one of the 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 problems that they were facing is that it was like an all or nothing offer from most. And and if if they did go look at other options in the market, they they were told, yeah, it's modular, but you kind of have to have all these modules if you want this module to work. And so um, we've built it truly modular. Like we have some dealers who run just the rental, just the work order, just inspections, just, and, and we made it so that we can truly turn other pieces off. Um, and, and that makes it easier to implement. Um, I think what happens is, or what has happened, is that a lot of the rental packages out there were built around a particular rental process, you know, and have evolved from that. They built a, a core logic um, that, you know, is so deeply buried in old software code you know, and all, all your old friends that wrote it that have retired, you know, and no one knows how to read it anymore. Um, and, and so it's that's why it's prescriptive. And, and then they've kind of expanded around the outside of that to do what a rental house would need. And then, you know, this is the problem my dealer had was they wanted to sell a machine. And like, Why well, do you sell a machine? Well, you kind of take this rental contract and you kind of put a machine on it, but you sell it like so, it still looks like a rental contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it it'll get it sold, you know. <laughs> and and so we've what we've done is we've created these really four major areas of the dealership business: rental sales, parts and service. And each one of them is like their own pipe. And then at the end of the each of the pipes, so at the end of the process, when they need to invoice, that's when we put them into a common module, the, which is our finance and integration module. And so that means we can really build a rental system inside the rental module and keep it separate from our sales and our work order system and stuff so that um, we don't have to you know, try and make the rental module or the functionality of the rental module do something else. And, and this is one of the things I learned, I, I used, um, a system called ban for years at one of the dealers and you know we had to put labor in the warehouse and i always thought it was madness like we have to put a million dollars of labor in the warehouse or a million hours of labor and that way for the next couple years to come you know when you put labor on a sales order from a work order then it knows where to get it you know then it can sell the hour of labor and it's like well you know and the one good thing was, and I think most people who look me up will know that I, I started at a cat dealership and I got involved in this software game um, there. Um, and because I got involved in the software there and I got involved in just information and looking it up in the cat system, you, you kind of see a, a system that had some ideas in there that recognized that like labor was a separate thing from parts. You know, put labor in the parts <laughs> system just so that you can get it onto a sales order deal with it properly and so we've tried to follow that same philosophy you know e- each major item in the system has its own needs and requirements we don't fit it into something that's you know close enough like the part system just so that we can transact it
0: interesting the um one of the my clients was sap and I've, i they've got wonderful software wonderful people but one of the things that happened to me is I was sitting in Chicago at the meeting. <clears throat> we had Germany on the line, and their, their package is huge. Monsters. And Infamous. Yeah, the, the guys in Germany said, well, hardware doesn't cost anything anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I said, well, it matters in how difficult or easy it is to modify things and, and, and change things. And then you look at ADP. When... PFW was purchased, ADP was very strong in truck and automotive, and most of that programming work was done out of Portland. Right. So when you you needed to get anything done for the equipment dealership, trucks and cars and machines are very different. Yeah. And rental is very different from a sale. And so, you know, where you're going, I, I believe this has been coming for a long time, and you're gonna have specialists. Like finance, I don't know, maybe it was 15, 20 years ago, Caterpillar bought a software package called Coda. And and they got a license for everybody, every cat dealer in the world, and gave it to every cat dealer in the world. And I was I worked with several cat dealers putting that package in, and every single one of them took Coda and made it do exactly what their old system did. Right. So when you when you look at computers and process improvement and systems. Everything goes back to what I'm comfortable with now. Yeah, and it it we haven't really done much in the way of a change. So, you know, taking sales, rentals, parts and service, the four transaction areas. Yeah, we've got units we sell. We've got a machine we rent. We have a labor hour and we have a part. And yeah. then there's there's subs underneath that. Sales force, CRM is a is a great example that a, an adjunct, just a bolt on. Yeah. And that's what Caterpillar started going down that path with DBS. And in our industry, if you think back far enough, dealer data processing from the 60s, from Caterpillar, a service bureau type of circumstance, mail your documents, we'll key punch them, we'll process them, we'll send you back the reports. Yeah. This paper to glass routine. That's what it all started, and we've continued that, that process. Bill Blackie created, as you know, Parts, grams, and service grams, every procedure, every process in the parts department was in a parts gram. He had a process, written document, there you go. Yep. And that you go around the world to caterpillar deals, everybody did the same thing. It was rather easy. Yeah. But now you bring in the internet, for instance, and selling parts directly over the internet without any interaction by a dealer person, an Amazon yep. type of situation. And yep the dealers have not done a very good job in transitioning over into what Amazon calls the last mile.
1: Yeah. Well, I think so, you know, I love how much history, you know, and, and so this won't be, I think you'll agree with this. I think what's happened unfortunately is, you know, some people wrote this original stuff and they did a good job in a lot of places in getting core logic. Um, but somewhere along the way you know, we forgot to teach people A, how it worked or put the value into getting the people involved in the, the, the software to really understand the business well enough to actually write it themselves, right? So if, if we make that transition from someone who understands the business that can design the software and, and to handle the transactions as we're doing them, and then we hand that over to someone who doesn't know the business but only knows software. then what the code does is a little bit of magic. you know you know, unless you really understand what's happening. And so what we've tried to do is um, take everything we know about how the business runs, how it should run, what all of these little objects are that we are actually uh, transacting and handling and managing every day and remember or understand what all the good systems did in those cases, and then rewrite the logic in modern software, instead of taking that core piece of an old software and say, okay, well, that works. I don't really understand how it works, but I know what goes in and out. And so I'm just going to reuse it over and over, but I can't change it because I don't know how to change it. And so that's been really one of the joyous things exciting things is to just really readdress all those items in a in a modern way and for you bring up part sales you know we we one of our missions is to support that and so our our platform has a a full api anything that you do in our web interface um, can be done by an outside system As long as it has security keys, then it can come in and do that transaction. So we're working with a dealer who has building a brand new website and they are putting parts processing in it. So we feed them all the parts data and they can just come into the system and create parts orders, parts invoices, however they choose to do it. They just emulate what we can do through our API. So that, that will enable the thing that's been so hard for people to do. Yeah, we've
0: had the same problem with learning without scars, believe it or not in dealing with schools, we need an API. What is that asynchronous program interface, correct?
1: Application programming interface, yeah. Um, What what it's allowing
0: people to do is you've got a store here and a store there, and they're on different systems, but we can have them talk to each other because we can transfer data and and deal with the data on either side, whichever way we want to do it. So in our case, we have to deal with schools Yeah where students register at the school, they register for a class, they pay for the class and all the rest. Well, it's our class. So that school has to be able to wire it over to us so that we can get back to their student. And, and the API is, is, uh, is a perfect application. You know, it's, it's weird that if, if the, the biggest drawback in systems, in my years, was implementation because it always dealt with retraining everybody yeah and in the parts business i always used to look at it the customer calls in they have two basic questions have you got it and how how much is it yeah and if you have the price and they argue about the price now i go into a sales module or if they have i got it no then i go into a purchasing module and and always down and the same thing's true with with service identify the thing that's necessary, segment it out into how you want to structure the work on the floor, put a quote together, give it to the customer, get approval, do it. Yep. Equipment, have you got the inventory? Yes. Does it need a different attachment? Yes. You know, so rental, same kind of thing. It's it's very basic things we do. Yeah. But over the years we've complicated the heck out of it because there were limitations in, COBOL or Assembler or PL1 or Fortran or whatever the hell it was that you're dealing with. And that's like two-dimensional databases versus relational databases. That that was a that was an earth-shattering transformation,
1: right. you know? Yeah, from flat files to
0: yeah, imagine, imagine. And and yet there's still a hell of a lot of systems out there on flat files. It, it drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, well, we or, or field
0: <laughs> size limitations. Part numbers 12 digits. No, I need it to be 16.
1: Yeah, no, no. We're just going to cut off. We're just going to cut off your customer's name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because we we only programmed it with 50 characters. So I'm sorry.
0: So, other than you with business background, dealership background, who else in the group of people that you dealt with to create this product had the business background?
1: Well, we're creating it in combination with uh, a group of dealers that have, you know, that that have been working in the industry for decades um that have the desire to resolve some of the problems they have um and that uh, have seen you know what else they've tried what else is out there <laughs> um and so they've been really strong partners this is not a, a situation where i decided hey it'd be fun to spend two years building a new ERP system. um, It's been a partnership with people who are doing it day to day. One of the dealers we're working with, had actually built some of their own stuff in house, you know, and as the generational change there is happening, um, the person who wrote it all nearly needs to focus on running the dealership instead of software. And so we're, you know, taking advantage of everything they've learned in that process as well. So. How um, has it been imp- implemented anywhere yet? Uh, yeah, pieces of it are are live. And of this month, we are taking several dealers live in the sense of um, financial integration to end to end integration. Uh, pieces of it, aspects of it have been live for the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, and because it's modular, you know one of the first modules that we we built was an inspection module, and that's you know a fairly standalone function and it's been running for quite a while so uh, talk to talk to that one for a second.
0: You have an inspection module, an inspection system that runs on telephones, tablets, laptops, everything.
1: yeah, that we have two components to it. One is the mobile app. For phones and tablets, um, and uh, the other piece would then be the the web application that runs on the computers and um so one of the things that one of the big changes we're trying to implement here too is that but we're not a transactional system with stuff attached to it. You know we really tried to look at. Um, This idea that really in everything we do, we're trying to replicate um, the real world. And so all the objects that we're dealing with are, you know, analogies or avatars or whatever you want to call them in software terms for real world things, you know, just like you and I go on the Internet now and we are represented by our avatar, you know, our LinkedIn page or this page you know, it's trying to replicate real life things. And a lot of other systems, unfortunately, are built around transactions. They're they're transactional systems. And then once those transactional systems got fairly mature, people were asking for other things. I mean, I, I grew up at Tormont. Reason I know how to, where I learned how to do all of this was that we had DBS and DBS was a transactional system. And everything that we needed to do that was more process oriented, you know, uh, business management type functions, Tormont built a ton of them. Uh, I, I built EMT, which was the equipment management, uh, management toolkit, which was contract management and maintenance planning and stuff. Um, and so we we try and represent all. lot. And so inspection then just kind of falls in And and in our modern world, image management, media management is like core. It's no longer a nice to have on the side you know, having pictures of things, whether they come from inspections or I've got a service tech who's working on a machine doing a service report and he wants to send some pictures of what he finished. Or, you know, if in the part system, I want to order some parts and I don't know exactly what it is and I want to send it to my parts guy and take a couple pictures, you know, like that. These are all core things. And so we've been able to kind of reorient the platform around objects and real world living in the, 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 the software sphere what's interesting you bring up
0: dbs caterpillars acronym dealer business system and then it evolved into dbsi the mm-hmm. system on the internet and then caterpillar stuck their hands up in the air and say geez you know this is too complicated right now we're not going to do this anymore yeah and um <clears throat> i knew one of the founders of dealer data processing larry noy hell of a guy and um you're right about transactions, and you're also, it, it also goes back to databases. What we did was we took filing cabinets. Yeah. And we created files electronically. Again, the paper to glass transaction using, quoting Schuschler again. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and the database became a limitation because it was all fixed field databases. Yeah. If your part number went from six digits to eight, then dresser industries, uh, international harvester, they were famous. Their replacement was a dash one, dash two, dash three, dash four, the same part number, yeah. like different suffix. And, and so all of a sudden you're a dash 172 and you only got an eight-digit field, you're you're in trouble. And then the <laughs> other the other thing that started to happen was how things get sorted. I don't know if you remember this, but you know, when we're looking at a 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, that's not how it got sorted. No. 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, and that's not how we, you know, so all of a sudden people are having to adapt to the machine where today the machine can adapt to the people. You know, it's really weird, Mets. In the 70s, I was the general parts manager at a cat dealer. Yeah. I got a call on Friday afternoon around 4 o'clock, no joke, from the president. said, uh, I'm going to meet you up in so-and-so's office at 8 o'clock on Monday morning. I said, cool. What's it about? He said, that's your new job. <laughs> and I said, I've got things to do. He said, I'll see you Monday morning at 8. So Monday morning at 8 to go up. And he sat down. And he said, I want somebody from the business yeah. running, quote, the data processing department.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's cool. And we radically changed things. But what was interesting to me was who owned the system? Hmm. The first person I had difficulty with was the controller. Right. So he came in and we had a rather highly significant emotional event. He walked right into the computer room. And that was a no-no with radon gas, raised floor, drop ceiling, all the rest of this stuff, two computers tied to each other pretty complex situation back in the seventies and I go in and I tell him to get out. He wasn't happy. I escorted him out. (laughs) Um, And I've always been a little weird, but to me, then that was a signal as well. These guys didn't really give a hoot about the operating departments. They were only interested in getting good financial data. My wife uses QuickBooks. Yeah. We have a learning management software. We have a, a payment processor all of those things have to integrate there's the api again so their specialty softwares uh, salesforce did a wonderful job of, of showing us that yep not everybody has to be an expert on every aspect of the business no and, that's what, and, and software, yeah. that's what software providers have tried to be all these years and they couldn't
1: no, I mean, it's it's hard. And in, in our industry, it's been classic. You know, you have two two kinds of dealers. One is where the accountants pick the dealer system and they're happy with the accounting software. And the other one is where the operations people picked it and they're happy, but neither is ever fully happy. One,
0: one of the things that that, re- <clears throat> that really did to me, Mets, and this has been true for a long time, dealers typically ran from financial statements. Yeah. Every dealership I worked with, and have worked with, we end up having management reporting, not financial reporting. Financial reporting is fine. There's pieces of it we use, but there's business management that can't be measured by numbers. Yeah. You know, how many documents is that? Oh, geez. How do you number the documents? Do you want the number to mean something? You know, and so all of these things, and and you pose those questions in a room in my generation and everybody's eyes glaze over. Yeah. You pose that question in today's generation. All these young guys and gals, under thirty-five, my God, they run circles around us. Yeah, well, they honest. have they have capabilities and knowledge and no limitations in their their thinking pattern. I love it.
1: it. It's a different like we've been trained by generation or a couple of generations of using software. I mean, there's no training manual for Facebook. You, you go on and you just click around and and we've learned a lot over the last 20 years on intuitive interface design and and people have spent so much time in interfaces that they intuitively know that they can move around and click and you know drill down on things just in in an intuitive way and and yet the old transactional systems you have to be taught how the transaction flows and what number to put in what box to get it to go do the next thing and that's you know switching to building in, in a dealer management system in react and being able to use all of the modern tricks or integrations or you know types of controls um has been huge yeah. we get people on the system and they just start kind of clicking around like oh i get it I'm like yeah when you want to do this kind of action, it's we can just put it where that action is natural. If you want to see something more about something, then you know, we can bring in nicely integrated pop ups or bring you to other places or open other windows or but whatever it needs to be, you know, and that's, that's been a, a big change as far as training people what to do. So you have modules.
0: Yep. And those modules are specifically defined and probably smaller. They're not monolithic. You have interfaces so that the modules can talk to each other. Then you try and have the system be intuitive to the operator, the person who's using it, the person who's selling the part, the person who's posting the labor, who's selling the machine. And you use things like pop-ups that preempt the questions that they might have to ask. So it becomes totally intuitive.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we just, you know, one of the nice things is we can create um, little components. It's basically a one page application it's called, each module. and And so once we create a little component, we can make that component show up anywhere. We don't have to rewrite the code. We just say, oh, turn turn this area of the screen into a link to that component." If I'm looking at a machine and I want to see my live GPS data coming in on a map and stuff like that, I just hover over it or I click on it, and the little component comes up and shows me that. you know and and so that allows that allows people to work in an intuitive way and get more out of it because they're not going. They're doing less, just trying to get through their transaction. So, for instance, I would call that a widget. Is that the way that you're you're applying
0: them? Yeah, you can call them widgets. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just, just to stay with jargon that people can probably tie with the the. Um, I I think this is exciting. It's um, do you sell it? Do you rent it? How do you how do you transact this?
1: I and mean, honestly, we're quite flexible about it. I mean, I, I think the the. Say, the selling of software was how it started it's it's definitely swung fully towards subscription and we we found some people who just you know what what's the best fit for you um and and we can do that uh, we have so the way we've done it we have a little bit the benefit of a multi-tenant cloud environment like a lot of software platforms at the same time um, for a large dealer that has specific needs for private cloud or whatever we can deploy into private clouds. Um, We allow for data integration, either direct through the the database um, or um, we have our full API that can be used. And so one of the things that we can do and have done for several dealers now is like solve some really difficult to integrate data problems. You know, we've seen our database go into a couple of places where they were having trouble with their existing system trying to integrate data into it Uh, and so we just put in our backend to allow all that data to easily pull from this system and that system and this integration and this api and then merge it all in one place um, very quite easily i don't have to turn my data into uh, as400 flat files yeah
0: well, the other the other side of that is the, the cloud allows us to do a lot of things that uh, up until now. Are you using anybody's in particular or did you build your own?
1: The, our cloud? Yeah. So we're currently on Microsoft's on Azure. Okay. Um, but we're not cloud specific.
0: So you could have it on other people's?
1: Yeah. If a dealer says we have a private cloud in AWS, then we can deploy it there. Okay. So...
0: The, uh, what what kind of documentation issues have you had? Have you had to create user manuals and things of that nature?
1: Uh, we're not doing manuals. We have an embedded uh, support platform.
0: With, uh, uh, manuals is a, is a code for me, whether it's on the cloud, on a piece yeah. of paper, or whatever, somewhere I can get access to, okay, this is what it does, and here's the process that we go through.
1: Yeah, well, ours doesn't look, I wanted to do like the paperclip, the old Microsoft paperclip thing again, but we have the same kind of idea, a little widget that lives in the bottom corner that if when you click on that, it'll give you information on that module, that screen, how to do it with a video of a walkthrough. And then if that's not good enough, you can contact our support desk right from there. I have to, I have to tell you a little story. There used to be a word processing
0: package called paperclip before Microsoft got into it. Right. And then there was an animation package that, so that with paperclip, I could have an orange background and black text, which was yeah. better on my eyes. And I could keep changing it as the day went by. And then here comes PowerPoint. It wasn't PowerPoint at the original, Quattro Pro and, and spreadsheets, of, you know, all this old, old stuff.
1: I remember that. But
0: there was a car- cartoon character. Yeah. Would go over and grab the edge of a slide. Yeah and pull it across the street walking, a screen walking. I love the damn thing, and they killed it. I thought it was fantastic. But, you know, it, it'll, what you're doing with with modularity and interfaces and and little widgets or whatever the terminology is we're going to end up with allows people like Facebook, Twitter, Wikipedia, all these others, what do you want to know? Chat GBT is the latest one. I mean, this is unbelievable
1: what we're going through. I, I can't talk about our chat GBT integration yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a funny thing. I like that you bring up your black and orange screen. Like yeah. one of the things that's gotten our users the most excited on days is that it can go to dark mode. <laughs> like, what's this switch here? Oh, it switches to dark mode. <gasps> I love dark mode. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like me with the backlit
0: keyboard, right? yeah I love that. Turn off all the lights and I can work in the evening and it's it's nothing no big deal on my eyes, you know yeah exactly. <laughs> it's oh, all the little yeah. things well, you know, just one thing if you can do, I don't know if you've done this or not, but in the parts order process, I have a channel. everybody starts down. there's some standard stuff, yeah, but I don't want to let that channel be exited unless I've got an order, yeah or a loss sale, right. And I don't care if you got if you can't get an order. It is a lost sale. You can argue with me all you want, but you didn't sell it. If you had it, you would have had it. If the price, you would. Have, so, so I wanted to be able to come down and tell me where yeah. we're at. I just messed up my screen, but you know here. So we so
1: you fell down. <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: I got excited. My typical Quebec approach to life, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 a, a weird circumstance. So. You're going to be ready to take it completely to market yet this year, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think we'll be, you know, one of the things we've done is, A, A, we partnered with people who were very interested in getting a new solution, a modern solution. Um, Then we've brought on dealers who know who we are and what we're doing, uh, want to contribute, but are, you know, not quite the pioneers, but they will give us feedback and they are tolerant of things that are still being enhanced Um, and then come april we expect that we can take on dealers that just really want a solution um, without too much pain and suffering so i i try and be really open i mean it's it's a monstrous undertaking Uh, it's a really exciting undertaking to you know from the ground up rebuild all of this logic to be able to reevaluate some logic completely, you know, to like, for example, we figured out um, a couple months ago, like kind of multi-pathing how service parts orders work. You know, some dealerships, some systems, when you want to order parts, this is the process you use to order parts. And this is how the system fulfills those parts orders and that doesn't really fit some dealers and especially small dealers there's a there's like a real overhead to managing parts kind of in a big dealer way and so we figured out how to multipath that so on some orders they can just quickly get the order done and not have to worry about the whole fulfillment and you know inventory transactions and stuff because it doesn't need to happen that way all the time so that that's it helps people be more efficient you know, so prevent problems. So we need to talk about the API to learning without
0: scars. For sure. If somebody's yeah. processing a work order. Well, here's a work order process class that you can take. Or somebody is having a problem with a customer. Here's an overcoming objections class you can take or whatever. Hon- honestly, we should integrate it right
1: into the system. If they want it, fine. If they don't want it, also fine. I, I think that's the perfect way to do it. I mean, that's how... So people are taught to think nowadays, right? Like you, you are taught in everything you do. Like if you see something and you want an answer, then you just go find it. You know, I, you don't say, oh, this is something I'd like to know more about. And my only method of doing it is to go to the HR department and go sign up for a training course and get my boss to do it. You know, I just like, I go and Google it. I find the answers and if we can integrate that and say, look, Hey, through this process, we can track your progress through these courses that relate to all the modules that you're involved in, um, and you can do it piece by piece as you're there. You it's, know, it's it's a new world, Matt. So it's kind of
0: exciting. The um, you know, my my grandkids are kind of my reference point. On Declan wants to take physics as his. Education at university, which I found to be rather intriguing. Yeah. I had a cousin who was a PhD in nuclear physics, taught at McGill for 40 years, and physics was one of my majors. And Declan, who's 17, uh, deals with things intuitively that I had to study like hell to learn. Yeah. yeah. It's, un- it's unbelievable the yeah. progress we've made. Unfortunately, it's not even across all of society. But for those people that are curious and their ambition and diligent and applying things, there's almost nothing that you are eliminated from doing or blocked from doing.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I'm always surprised how much my father remembers from his engineering degree. But then we talk about like, you know, how far did you get? And like he the, the things I studied in my engineering degree, didn't actually exist when he was studying and the next generation is no different. And like, that's been the exciting part here is, you know, we're, we're rethinking and delivering something to a generation that thinks and is capable of completely different things, you know, instead of saying, well, here's a 40 year old system, you know, and some of them literally are 40 years old. Um, and this is how you're going to run the business with this 40 year old system. And like, I think completely different than this system and no wonder, you know, and, and so we've been able to, uh, when I did the first software development at Tormont, you know, we did some designs and the developer went away and he was gone for four months <laughs> and he came back and he showed me the first pieces, you know, now in this new language, we develop stuff over a weekend. When, yeah. when I want a new mobile app, it's done in you know two weeks and we can do all these things. I mean, that changes how people think about what to do next. When you can say, oh, if you like that or if you want to be able to do that one second, we'll, we'll be back on Tuesday, you know, and now it'll do that. That gets people really applying everything they think and learn to moving forward. I used to call that galloping diarrhea. I had, all, I had all
0: manner of of expressions. You you show somebody you, you talk with somebody at, at a dealership, parts department, service department, whatever, and they want something. Yeah. So now I've got to have a, a discussion between people that talk two different languages. One's a coder, and the other's a, a, an employee that's m- making money. Yeah. And the coder has to try and understand what the person who's selling the part is is saying. Yeah. And, and it took a while for that to take place. Then they go back and they design a system. In those days, we had systems analysts. So they'd have to make this nice esoteric package that they could take back <laughs> out to the, the application, the operating department and say, okay, this is what I think you wanted to have. Yeah, Everybody agrees. Then it gets given to a programmer because the systems analyst doesn't know how to program, doesn't know how to code. So the coder has to design and make that thing work back to the systems analyst and here comes a report and that's where the galloping diarrhea starts. Yeah. The users, Oh gee, that's fantastic. Can you get me this too? Yeah. Because all of a sudden their mind sees things differently and that's exactly what you're talking about. You can do this so quickly. Yeah. That it takes all of the waste away and the delivered product is so much better.
1: Yep. Yeah. To, to support that we've, we have a a hybrid database design we have um sql at its core or as its main structure and then we have no sql built in throughout it so that means inside our data structure we have like kind of limitless fields with non-structured data um, stored in json so that when someone says hey on, on this object can i save this information We can say, oh, that's no problem. You know, for every object, there is a you know custom data schema designer that you can go to and you can say, Oh, I want to add some extra fields. I want to save some more fields. Okay, no problem. We just you just define them, what type of fields, and then you can save them. They're done. You know, two minutes, three minutes, and they can save that information. And that gets people going, okay, now I know where to put that and where to put this. It's not like you said, a help desk request and then a review and a design meeting and stuff like that, because. It's not the modern software world. I'm excited for you. I think this is terrific. I'm I'm excited. I'm uh, scared. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, I,
0: the, the, I flew across the country once with Frank Sinatra's manager. And he said to me, we're sitting side by side for five hours. So, you know, he said to me that Frank Sinatra, every single performance, but one in his life, he was nervous. Yeah. And I call it performance anxiety. If you're not anxious, um, you're not going to be on your game. So if you weren't afraid, um, I, I'd wish you well. <laughs> as, you know, every every application is, you know, as, as somebody who ran a software company for a while and was involved in installations, you know, people don't, If you, if you go through one or two complete system changes in your lifetime, that's a lot. Yeah, that's more than you want. I've been through hundreds of them. And and uh, you, you get some scars, you get thicker skin.
1: But, yeah.
0: But you're not afraid of entering that room either, which no. is better. You know, it, it's progress.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but if it isn't progress, which is, hasn't been for a number of years, um, it gets boring. That's why people don't change much anymore. There's, there's not that big a difference from one big software application to the other.
1: Yeah, wasn't there an article that one of uh one of our group wrote on the the, the lock in fear of implementations?
0: Yeah, Chris Gohart, I think, was you know, don't be afraid of it, and and we've had different people um, talk about that. You're right, it's uh, yeah. you know, and that's why that blog platform is kind of helpful. You know, searching through and looking for you know, we need you to give me a blog now on this particular product so that we can get it up <laughs> there. It's probably gonna. <laughs> It's probably going to have to be two or three or four of them because it, well, it's a big deal. There, there's a lot to it. That's for sure. Yeah. So, but. <laughs> how, how how do you want to wrap this mess?
1: It's available April Fool's to the, <laughs> to the universe. Yeah. And it uh on April Fool's, when we launch it, we're going to put a fake UI and that looks like AS400. <laughs> I use significant dates always,
0: Memorial Day, <laughs> and, and when you said April, you know that you, you made a mistake in giving me that opportunity.
1: Yeah, well, it's you know we have uh, a a group of dealers. We have new dealers every every week that are starting on it, and, and I've come to realize that you know one of the things that's been really nice, especially for small and medium dealers, uh, and even though like our structures are built as big as cat dealers, no surprise that's my where I started um people like our migration is really soft it's not big and painful we're going we're about to throw the switch february 1st with one dealer and i realized that when we shut the old system off they've already got everything and they're already running a whole lot of stuff live in their new visibility system and we can we, we, we all we have to hold is like some of the financial transactions on our side until we get the new accounting you know, synced with the old data and then we just turn it on. And and so like go live date is in the middle of a week. Yeah (laughs) on like a Wednesday morning. Yeah we we go live and no one's really terrified because we can keep going no matter what. Or midnight of the first day of the first month of the first year.
0: (laughs) No 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 joke. Remember cutoffs for physical inventory?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's 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 nuts. Okay so um, start delivering the blogs
1: okay, <laughs>
0: and then, uh, let's, let's have a checkpoint somewhere out in March or April, maybe April or may where we'll have another of this and you can bring us up to speed on where you're at.
1: Sure. Yeah. Let's see. I, I, I like learning all the stories. You know, it was funny, like you brought up Coda and, and it was actually learning about what happened with the DBS Coda thing that encouraged me to, see that it was possible to just let people use the accounting that fit their business best and that they were comfortable with and happy with. And then we would just integrate because that's really how the CAT system works at, at a lot of the dealerships is an operational system and a finance system. And the, the finance system only gets financial data. It doesn't know what a part number is or that how many there are. And it just knows the numbers. And that's we follow that same kind of like, oh, if that's if you can do it at that scale, then we can definitely do it at all scales. Yeah. In the in the financial world,
0: it's operating statements, it's balance sheets, and it's cash flow forecasts. And it's those yeah. are the three documents. Yep. Yeah. Underneath that, uh, sales for employee. Oh, darn. <laughs> uh, now now I'm in trouble. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's it's long overdue. Coda was a, a perfect example of a tool ahead of its time because it used the chart of accounts number yeah as a designator right so it built right into that chart of accounts the api and yeah caterpillar had a a standard chart of accounts from the 1910s (laughs) and every dealer in the world uses the same damn chart of accounts so when cat gets their reporting back yeah, it's easy, easy. Everybody knows what the devil it was. And Bill Blackie, he was famous. He was an accountant. He was anal. And he's famous for that. Everything is going to be simple and everybody's going to have the same definition. Clarity. Yeah. And that's we've gone a long way from that. <laughs> there's there's not a lot of clarity. Thank you very much. Mets. This is this is wonderful. I wish you all the best in the world. Anything I can do to help? Don't be shy. And uh, yeah, let's you and I start having some discussions about putting classes up there. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Ron. You're welcome. Thank everybody for listening to us, and I hope you got something from this message. Pretty talented guy with a lot of uh, great ideas. So have at it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. Should you have any thoughts or comments, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com The time is now. Mahalo.